Guys, what's going on? Welcome back to another episode of the The Arsenio's ESL Podcast. So guys, we already discussed about the great financial crisis of 2008. We will be discussing other things, but today I'm going to focus on a little bit. We're, we're still going to be talking about risk, right? But I want to talk about Mavericks. This is a speaking podcast. Why? We're going to talk about rule breakers, comma, risk takers. Now, again, what I did, I actually created a blog. You guys will be able to view that on my blog. And you know, you have some vocabulary, numbers one through eight. You compare them up with the bullet points, A or what is it, letters A through H, okay? Now, specifically, we're going to speak about Mavericks. Now, what is a Maverick? That's what we have to, and this is a preview into the listening that we will be doing in the next podcast. All right. So basically a maverick, that's just a rule breaker. It's a risk taker. All right. It's someone who does not play by the rules. See, I was a maverick. That's right. I'm going to be honest with you people. I was a maverick at my last job because I broke all the rules. Like, okay, let me give you an example. When I am given a class, okay, here it could be at this job or at the previous job three, four, five years ago. They always wanted me to teach by the book. However, if I had taught by the book, I would be doing, or I would have been doing a disservice to all of the students. Why? Because, well, if I came to a class to learn from the book, I could just do that at home. Remember, I dropped out of my Japanese class back in college because I realized my Japanese instructor wasn't teaching from her soul. She wasn't encouraging conversation in class. She stood up, she taught what was in the book, and therefore, that's the same garbage that we have been doing since the glory days when uh, uh, Harvard University was incepted back in the 1600s. It is a waste of time. I'm not going to sit there and listen to a professor rant on for two hours about a topic that I should have say in it. So what's the point? of actually developing ideas, of developing anything. See, a startup is also a maverick. A maverick is someone who, like me, is given a book and you say, um, I'm not gonna teach from this because if I was learning English, I can actually open the book up at home and learn from it. It's the ideas, it's the ability to communicate. It's how an instructor, a trainer, facilitates conversation and facilitates ideology and is able to give seeds that are implanted within the mind of a human being. Therefore, you can go home and water them and perhaps they could grow into a bamboo tree within five to 10 years. See, an idea, it's like the movie Inception. That's what teaching is to me. So a maverick is someone who breaks the rules, someone who like thinks outside the box. Now, you're going to hear it in different terms, right? You're going to hear it much uh, more differently uh, when it comes to what is, what is it when it comes to this definition, but that's what I consider it to be, an independent person with different ideas and behaviors. However, in cultures, especially in Asian culture, in cultures perhaps in the Middle East, uh, in cultures in parts of Europe, maybe in Eastern Europe, if you have different behavior from everyone else, you could possibly be ostracized. You could be shoved aside at parties. 
or you could be one of those weird people in class or you could be the person at the table at lunchtime that no one else sits near because you think differently, you operate differently. But I'm not one of those who sits at a table where I'm not welcome. I create my own table. A lot of you right now are not Mavericks. A lot of you are followers. It's good to follow if you are learning, if you are 18 years old and you're working at the likes of Google and you just wanna giddy up on an internship, that's perfectly fine. But when it comes to following and you're 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80 years old, see, that becomes problematic because you're not, you don't have different ideas. You're just following the ideas of everyone else. See, I questioned everything about how I operated. Being here in Thailand, Thailand has enabled me. When I lived in Australia, it did not enable me. Why? Because I lived like everyone else. Everyone stood a particular way. They said nothing on the bus. They were scared of everyone's movement. If I stood up and people would stare at me and I was scared, here in Thailand, I don't give a damn. I'm a maverick. Some people would say I'm a rebellion. Uh, I'm part of a rebellion. Some people would say I am a, a trailblazer. That's right. I'm a person who does things outside of the lines. Have you guys ever wrote online paper? Of course you have. Oh, we, we always do. When you write online paper, what do you do? See me, I write all over the damn lines. That's right, I don't write between the lines, I write on the lines. The teacher would give it back to me and say, oh, this is not how you write. I said, I don't give a damn. No, I'm kidding, I didn't do that. But I do that now, right? Not back when I was in school, of course. But guys, that's what a maverick is. So what, let, let me give you an example. Let me give you some questions that you can ask on your own. What skills and qualities do companies typically value in people they hire? I'm talking about general companies that value. What do they value in the skills, the qualities, and people they hire? Perhaps trustworthiness, right? Responsibility, okay? Some people would say hardworking, but I don't believe in hardworking anymore. I don't believe in the term hustling anymore. I believe in living your passion and then having that energy guide you throughout the day to whereas when you lay down in your bed, you could look back and say, boy, that was a damn good successful day. That's what I believe in. That's right, people. Now, a lot of people back in the 70s, 80s, 90s, America, 1990s, when Ford was, you know, was heading, was, was the, was, what was it? Oh my God, they were the, they were the driving force of the economy in Detroit, Michigan, Ford was, right? You heard that in the last podcast. And then of course, when the financial crisis happened, Ford and everyone got up, left and leaving Detroit an absolutely decimated, impoverished city. Now, people were very hardworking in that factory. They were day in and day out. We're talking sound noises. They would have to wear things over their ears. It was a difficult, a very difficult environment to work in, but I don't believe in that. Let me give you a last example. When I, I worked at a place. Now I'm gonna give you three jobs that I did in the, uh, in the month of, uh, during the summer of 2015, of 2005. I stood there holding a McDonald's sign for a McDonald's convention. First week, there were Australians that had traveled for the first time to America. And these were all managers and stuff like that. I was at the Mandalay Bay, okay? Of course, Mandalay Bay is now the epicenter of one of the most tragic, or well, the most tragic event in American history just three years ago. But nonetheless, Mandalay Bay 
That's where I would go. In the morning, just stand there, clueless. And people would come up to me and say, hey, where are the buses? And I would direct them. It's funny because the Australians, that was a little bit foreshadowed. That was a little bit of a, a foreshadowing for what was to come, right? In 2009, I ended up traveling there. But we will get into that. But anyways, when I stood there and I made that amount of money in two weeks, I made $1,500 at the age of 17, just turned 17. And then I made an additional $400 within just three days. And that was even funner. We sat there eating amazing food. I think it was at the Venetian. And all we had to do was just drop off packages to different hotels at a convention center. That was it. Now, I became a workaholic. Now me, I thought, oh yeah, they're gonna pay me $15 here. This job over here paid me $18 an hour. $18 an hour for a 17 year old in 2005? Oh man. And guess what? My mom was like, hey, I'll send you to work. I said, where? She's like, there's this factory called Kusil. You're just gonna be picking up 50 pound tubs of paint all day. I said, how much am I gonna get paid? 6.25 an hour. That's literally 34% of what I was getting paid just a couple of weeks prior doing very easy work. And guess what? My back, it was jacked up. And I quit the second day. I was like, sorry, man, my back is really killing me right now. I called my mom. I said, mom, I'm not doing this garbage work. What is it? A month later, I'm sorry, a year later, I ended up doing the same thing, working in a warehouse with a whole bunch of, I hate to say it, but losers. These guys, they're kind of like, I'm not even going to say this. And I hate to say this, but people in the military, why do people join the military? Would you say to protect my country or to kill people? Who knows? Who knows? But I'm just saying, those people who were working in that warehouse, they did not have anything going for themselves. And while I worked there for three days, all I did was work in a hot warehouse, whereas these middle-aged men would make disgusting comments at some of the women who walked by because those were the only women they would see for the 10 hours of sweat work they would do every day. Is that written in my bio? No, I'm a maverick. I believed at that time, 14 years ago, that I was put on this planet to deliver more. So companies such as those companies, they look for people who are hardworking, who are hard laborers. That's not what I'm put on this planet to do. Thank you very much. Maybe some people are. If you think your goal is to go into the military and do this and do that, cool. Whatever it is that you love to do. But me, I believe in working smart, not working hard. No, thank you. If I believe that I'm getting very, very overwhelmed, what happened last February? I was loaded with classes. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, boom. First time in my life I got the flu, viral B. I didn't have anyone around me protecting me or doing this or doing that. It was, it was chaos. And so I said, you know what, man? I need to work smarter. These eight-hour days, I'm done. I'm done. And so there it was. So think about it, guys. What risk might there be for a company in hiring someone who has maverick qualities? Well, someone like me, someone who's rebellious, what risk? Well, I wouldn't say it's a risk. You hire someone who thinks outside the box. Can I give you another example? That place who said, here, teach from the book, only from the book. I remember sitting in front of this 70 year old British guy. He was like, you don't teach what's in the book. You don't teach what's in the book, the book, the book, the book. They pay for the book, teach from the book. I said, listen, think about it. If you're learning French, 
Do you want to go to class and just open up a book? That's something you could do at home. When you go to class, it's all about exchanging ideas and giving them seeds and thinking way outside the box, developing that spoken fluency. Do you honestly believe it's all predicated on books? Books is about academics. Academics are dead. We're not living in the 1960s anymore. This is 2020. It's all about skill sets. And so I had to leave. I said, you know what? You guys aren't allowing me to do a damn thing. I'm gone. I can't do this. No way, no how. Now, there are different areas, TOEFL, ITP, TOEFL, IBT, this, 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 these areas, yes, I do focus on. Um, because these are specific niches within the overall niche. But again, that's why I only get private classes here where I work. I don't get talk classes anymore. They say, oh, teach from the book. From the kids, yes, for kids, because I have to do work that is within the lines of, let's just say, what they want, right? So they say, hey, the, the, the parents, they want to look at the progress. I say, okay, cool. All right, okay, number one, number two, number three. This is how I have to teach these the six and seven-year-old kids. Luckily, it's only one on a weekend. Again, a nice or a really nice kid, but after that, hey, we do some fun things and whatnot. But again, is that in alignment with what I'd love to do? No, but it is just for an hour and a half a week. And I'm able to get all the other things done, like in terms of, you know, lining up my schedule and figuring out what my schedule is for next week and, you know, getting on podcast calls and you see what I mean and putting stuff into my calendar. I could do all of that during that, during that time frame. But again, I need to do things that are written within my essence more. I need to do things that are, that I love to do. And so that's why they say, oh, you don't teach classes. Why? Because you, you, you don't teach from the book. And I say, yeah, I'm good. I'm good on teaching classes. Thank you very much. I'd rather just teach online the students who are contacting me around the world. I do. I mean, thank you so much. I mean, I'll just put in the usual, you know, 15 hours a week here if you need me to be. And those 15 hours, all the students I teach, they're all private because why? They know that if I teach a class, I will teach straight directly, not out, like outside the book. And I'm going to give you this last thing. As a maverick, I remember I started trying to teach pronunciation, so many things that were intriguing to my Thai students, but I had two Chinese students and they complained almost after every class. And I spoke so slowly and they were the best speakers in class. And for some reason, they did not understand a goddamn thing. I said, oh my goodness gracious. They went to the, they, they didn't even ask me. They went to the front desk. One of the Chinese ladies who's in business, by the way, her husband's in business. She travels to China twice a month. And she's like, oh, can you teach in the book, in the book? You really want to read? Okay, number one, number two, number three. You really want me to do that? Because if so, you're wasting my time. And after they complained the second time, I'm like, guys, <laughs> I'm finishing this class and we're done. Get out of here. I'm done. Don't, don't ever put me in a class again. This is a waste of time. Okay, that's number one, because you guys don't pay me a goddamn thing. I'm wasting money. I'm wasting time. I'm wasting money on transportation. And I'm teaching ungrateful-ass human beings. No, thank you. I'm a maverick. I'm doing this as a one-man army. You see what I'm saying, people? I'm not saying for all of you to go out there and start rebelling like it's like Six Underground, that new Netflix film, which is phenomenally funny, because Ryan Reynolds is a fool. I love that guy. Um, 
I'm not saying to rebel on the streets like the people in Turgistan did in that movie. No, I'm just trying to say question. You need to start questioning things that don't make any goddamn sense. I'm not telling all of you to become Mavericks and because oh, if they're just a world of Mavericks, oh my goodness gracious, the people who think systematically, they will flip out, okay? And you know those systematic, th you, you know systematic thinkers, they're in every country and most governments in the world run things systematically. So with that being said, what we need to do is we're gonna finish this off and we're gonna be getting into the listening in the next podcast. So if you guys have any questions, man, you know how to get in contact with me if you guys haven't already purchased my pronunciation course. It is available. And by the time you listen to this, the second and possibly the third phase will be available also. So make sure you inquire about that. And as always, man, have a wonderful morning, afternoon, and evening. I'm your host as always, over and out.